2: Fifth Element is ultra-high milligram CBD focused on relief and recovery after a workout. They are specially designed for people with an active lifestyle, from weekend warriors to professional athletes to bucket list gym enthusiasts. Fifth Element, a.k.a. 5E, is full-spectrum high milligram hemp to help you whenever, wherever you need it, whether it's after the gym or after work. Get yours today to feel better tomorrow, by visiting 5ehemp.com and use the promo code MONSTER for 50% off. Yes, you heard that right. 50% off. Half off. That's 5ehemp.com and use the code MONSTER. Go to 5ehemp and get 50% off. That's the number 5, the letter E, hemp.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Over the Monster podcast. As always, it is me, your host, Matt Collins. We are back with you for another week, and I am once again joined by my co-host, Brian Joyner. Brian, what's going on?
3: Every new week is a blessing, Matt.
2: <laughs> Some weeks more than others, but uh, I think this week's okay. The weather's finally starting to get good. you got Central Air getting fixed. Fancy guy with Central Air.
3: Well, um, only on two, only on two of the floors. This is also my wife's insistence. I would never even think of installing this, but she was, she's from Arizona, so she's just like, nope, air conditioning yeah, well, is that, the way. That makes
2: sense. I can't blame her. Uh, I have family in Arizona, and I know what it feels like out there. Um, but yeah, so things are also pretty good for the Red Sox, um, coming off a solid weekend in Baltimore. Uh, missed out on a chance at a sweep on Monday. Uh, offense kind of fell asleep for the day. Jorge Lopez looked like he was about three tiers better than he actually is most days. Um, it is what it is. They took three of four. Uh, we are recording this at twelve thirty on Tuesday, so by the time you hear this, the first game of the Athletic series has happened. Uh, but when we're talking, it has not. Uh, so anything that happens in that game, obviously not be discussed because we cannot tell the future Uh, but there are a few pieces of news news newsy type things uh, that we'll start things off with here Uh, Red Sox up until about a week ago 10 days ago or so um, one of the big reasons they have been so good is that they've been so healthy Um, they hadn't really put anybody on the injured list uh, to that point in the season which is pretty wild considering Coming into the season, I think the biggest concern for people that were less optimistic about the team was the injuries. Um, Pitching has still stayed healthy, knock on wood, but they have gotten a couple of injuries to the position player side of things over the last week or so. Uh, First guy to go down was Kike Hernandez. Uh, Kike Hernandez strained his hamstring. It's kind of a weird play, sliding into second. Stayed in the game after a double, then went over to third, and then got taken out. Um, but doesn't seem like it's anything too, too major, but he is on the injured list, and uh, I mean, obviously, he he hadn't been playing great. He wasn't terrible. He was more just okay to kind of mediocre, uh, but he was playing pretty much every day. He was hitting at the top of the lineup. He was pretty much a league average hitter. So, I mean, it's not nothing. It's something of a loss. Um, are you concerned at all about him not being around even for a short time, or is this just sort of cost of doing business and it's not one of the big guys at least
3: i think it's way more the second than it is the first especially because he was not playing his best or as good as he has so um i think that the team is specifically constructed to deal with injuries like this by having several guys who all kind of do a little bit of everything yeah i
2: think that's right um i mean i think hernandez has been had been better of late um i think part of his part of the reason why it felt like he wasn't playing as well as a because he was hitting leadoff where he shouldn't be and we've talked about that a million times um but also because we glide offense is just so bad right now he's hitting 239 298 425 and that is a league average line i mean it's just offense is a joke right now but um i mean i think you're right that they can definitely handle this um really as long as they don't lose Verdugo, martinez bogart stevers vasquez i think they can pretty much weather the storm on offense um I think probably the biggest effect that this has, honestly, is the defense. And I don't know that has a massive effect anyways, but um, losing Verdugo from one of the corners, having to put him in center, I don't think he's a bad center fielder, but I think the defense is better when you can say, but Verdugo in left, uh, Kike in center, and Renfro in right, I think that's the best possible defense. So I think if you're looking for a reason to be concerned, that's probably the best big one but it's really not that big i mean I
3: except for like KK hernandez yeah well i the reason it yeah sure it's a little bit of, a reason of uh for concern unless of course you wanted to get a center fielder in there who could handle it, it was maybe a young man named jaron duran i don't know i don't know it could be an opportunity it probably won't be but i don't um i definitely agree with your take i'm just being silly yeah <laughs> I don't, I mean, I think it's valid to bring up.
2: I mean, an outfielder gets hurt. Jaron Duran is the guy to come up, um, come up in conversation. I mean, I don't think that it really makes a ton of sense here just because, like I said, it doesn't seem like this is a long term thing. This kind of seems like he's going to be out for two weeks and then things will be back to normal in the outfield. So I don't know that I would yep. want to call up Duran just for that kind of situation. Um, yeah, I'm just key. being cheeky. Yeah, well, that's what you do. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think I mentioned the leadoff spot before. We've talked a lot about it. We guess we don't need to spend too much time, but it's kind of driving people crazy um, a little bit. They still aren't going with Alex Verdugo in the leadoff spot, even without Kike Hernandez. uh, They're moving over to another guy who's not really a great fit in the leadoff spot. That is uh, Marwin Gonzalez. Marwin Gonzalez um, actually has a little bit better in terms of on base than Hernandez. He's got a 320 OBP right now. Uh, which is pretty much in line with what you're expecting, but that's still not great in terms of on base, and he's not really adding the power that Kike Hernandez brought. So um, it's pretty clear at this point, obviously, and I think it's been clear before that Verdugo isn't going to hit lead off, but um, I don't know. I mean, I just, the offense has been. Inconsistent, I think it's been a little bit of a roller coaster, and I don't know that for Dugo in the leadoff spot and kind of moving everybody up a spot really changes it all that much. But at the same time, it just feels like I want to say that it feels like Core is being stubborn, but at the
3: same time, they have the best record in baseball. So, well, uh, both I of those things like can it. be true at once. Um,
2: yeah, that's true, but
3: but I've talked to you about this before. It's, it's yeah, you. One side of it is, well, yeah, they have the best record in baseball, but it's still a bad idea. And the other side of it is they have the best record in baseball. But on top of the second side is the fact that baseball teams don't like to mess with things that work. I think also it's become so routine. And I joked about this in one of the lineups columns um, when Chavis bat lead off that. There must, the second baseman must have a pact (laughs) with the devil or Cora or the, it's something going on because it's not always the second baseman proper batting leadoff, but it's always someone who plays second base. It's been Arroyo, Chavis, Gonzalez, and Hernandez. And all those guys play second base or have played second base. It's wild. And so it just, that's just the way it's going to be. And maybe that changes. Um, But I wouldn't count on it unless, not to harp on Duran again, but if in the, and this could happen at any time, this could happen in August, you know, Um, if the subsequent to him being called up um, and him producing down low and... All those options being really bad, I could see them swapping. But then you have Verdugo and Duran back to back, which they might not want. They they like to, uh, sometimes they like to stagger the righty lefties. So I just think that they have a pact with the devil and Cora, the three of them. <laughs> and that's, this is part of the price they have to pay to have the record they have.
2: I mean, I feel like as far as, like, deals with the devil and selling your soul goes, um, you can do a lot worse than having to bat veterans,
3: uh, in the leadoff spot. Yeah, they um, look, they, like, really look down the list and like, oh, that one's actually a pretty good value. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not too bad
2: for a soul. Um, the Seamus one was pretty wild. That one was, that one I kind of felt like it was core, of, like, fucking with everybody. Like, yeah, we're gonna put this guy that, um, was terrible last year and hasn't been up at all this year in the leadoff off spot. Um, and then he had a home run. So um, maybe they do have a deal with the double. Um,
3: well, but I think you're right. You, you like, say, you say fucking with everyone, but at the same time, it could be specifically because he was so bad last year. This is one of those things where it's like, no, 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 you're not going to sit around and watch the team hit. You are going up there to hit, um, trying to maybe trying to get him some confidence because also they've seemed to have punted on the, it's the first hitter anyway, uh, sort of in general. So he's just like, no, no, no. Yeah, just do it. Just go um, out there and hit. You're batting first. Don't think about it.
2: I think you're right. I mean, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought about that. That that does make some sense. Um, but I think you're right just generally about where – I don't think we're going to see a change here. And I really don't think it has anything to do with whoever's batting leadoff. It just feels like he wants Verdugo, Martinez, Bogarts, Devers three, four, five, and Vasquez six most days. Um, It just seems like that's how they want it, and they're not going to change it. The only way I can really see things changing is the Durant scenario you mentioned, but I think that would take some time. I think he'd have to produce out of the bottom third of the lineup for a little while before he got that kind of promotion. Um, Or I think if they go like two weeks and they lose, say eleven of thirteen or something like that. Like they really start to tank. The offense is terrible. They need some sort of shakeup. I think that's when you can maybe see a change where Verdugo hits leadoff. Um but I, I could don't... even
3: see them jumping Vasquez. I, I mean I think yeah, they're more inclined to jump Vasquez to first and keep Verdugo at second. I can see Vasquez.
2: I guess I'm hung up on Verdugo because to me he makes the most sense. Um but Yeah, Vasquez makes sense. I mean, he's an incredible contact hitter, Um, just like Verdugo is. I mean, I think, really, the Red Sox... Verdugo, Vasquez, and Bogarts, I think, would all be phenomenal leadoff hitters. Um, Bogarts is probably a little bit better in the middle of the lineup because he's got more power than those guys, but um, I mean, we you say this, or at least I say this every time lineup comes up, it's fun to talk about, I think. I think it's fun to... Kind of put on the manager hat and figure things out but a it's not really as important as people make it out to be and b there's obviously some ego massaging going on with all of this and treating people like human beings and keeping them in the same spot i think that's why things are happening this way so i'm going to continue to be annoyed that they're rolling out these lineups with marlon gonzalez and kike hernandez and michael chavis as their leadoff it is uh, but until they put like franchi or bobby Dalbeck in the leadoff spot I'll, I'll probably just, I'll live with it and I'll, I'll be okay with it.
3: Well, your alternative is to look at the same devil deal thing. Cause you can obviously just pay more and get that one taken away. But on a serious note, I believe Vasquez has hit lead off before. Um, uh, definitely in spring training, but I think in regular season games, uh, I the... bet he has. Um, I've, I have having done the lineups. That. You I would know was, better than me. I think it's usually on daisy DHs. DHs, um, or not usually, because it doesn't happen that often. But my recollection is he has hit leadoff. Okay, there you go. That's it. I
2: don't know when it was, but he's done it once.
3: So there you go. Seal is broken.
2: Last year, he hit leadoff one game. I'm not going to find it. But, um,
3: yeah. That might be the first single lineup thing I've remembered in five years.
2: And it's from the last season that nobody cares about. um But yeah, I mean that's the lead-off. Well, like I said, I think it's more fun to talk about, or the amount of fun it is to talk about, is disproportionate to the actual effect it has on the field.
3: It's clearly fun to complain they, about. It's fun to, it complain, fun to about. complain
2: about. That is fair, and I think that's a. That's a genuine thing that is part of being a fan. I think he was complaining about the team. I mean, that is that is what it is. And that's sort of what we do. Um, but yeah, I mean, even when they're running out these guys, like I said, they have the best record of baseball, their offense kind of rules. Um, so tough to find things to complain about. Uh, we kind of alluded to this a little bit before, but uh, when Hernandez went to the injured list, it was Michael Chavis coming up to replace him. Um, and his first game back, the only game he's played in uh since coming up. This was just on Friday, anyways. Uh, but on Saturday he hit leadoff, and like I said, he had a home run. Um Chavis, like we said earlier, was terrible last year. Um, he was pretty bad in the second half of 2019 after he was just on fire to start his career came back in spring had a really good spring training uh looked like he might make the roster french cordero wasn't ready that didn't really work out but um he looked different in spring he hit a home run his first game back do you think i'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase this i mean do you think there is a realistic chance that he plays so well that he just doesn't go back down
3: i think is there room for that... that to happen I think the problem with that is he has to play for that to happen. And I still, even with the injuries, I still think he's pretty much the last man uh, on the totem pole. And um, I mean, it's certainly possible if he's extremely good, but it also requires the people who are injured not to get healthy. I would not bet on him Staying in the majors the rest of the year. Um, you know, you got to be in it to win it. And he's in it right now. But I just think um, the shuffling and last year's scuffling are going to be too much. Uh, not that last year's scuffling necessarily counts. Doesn't matter for J.D. Martinez. But he's not J.D. Martinez. He did it <laughs> a home run on a high fastball, though.
2: No, that was a changeup. Oh, sorry. People are change-up. calling it a fastball, but it was a changeup. Uh, yeah. Still up in the zone, but yeah, not the heat. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if I had to bet on a binary yes or no, I would definitely say no is more likely, but I think there are some pads. Um, I think he'll play a decent amount. Um, Jonathan Arauz, who we'll talk about in a few minutes, um, is also up right now. He's the last guy on the bench right now. Um, Cora's been pretty good about shuffling guys in and out. Um, Especially Franchi. Uh, Dahlbeck's been getting his days. Marwan's played a lot. I wouldn't be surprised to see him getting a few more days lately or coming up here um, just because he's a little bit older. So I think there will be time to play. Um, two guys on the injured list. So he needs both of them to come back ready to play and nobody else to get hurt. Or it's possible he hits so well and say Franchi just scuffles like crazy uh by the time they get healthy or maybe bobby Dalbeck scuffles like crazy by the time they get healthy and they it wouldn't be crazy to me if they decided to send those guys down instead of Shavus. um so like i said i don't think this is something that i think is more likely than not but i am i mean i've always been relatively high on Shavis. i think he is a good hitter um and he's a streaky hitter and so he hit a home run his last time up maybe that's maybe we're going to see a hot streak and he kind of forces his way. So um, I think it's, I think there's a decent chance, I guess if I had to put a random percentage on it with no actual math attached to it, it would be like a 33% chance. But I mean, that's not, that's significant at least.
3: Okay. Well, I don't even um, know if Chavis will necessarily get more playing time than Aruz. I know that the the order of the call-ups suggests he will, Uh, but I uh, just don't know if that is a huge, I mean, I'm not saying it's a factor. Uh, It could be a reflection of how they feel about the players, but I also don't necessarily believe that to be true. And yeah, I mean, if he hits, he will probably stay, but he needs to play to hit and then he needs to hit. So that's two pro two hoops. He has to jump through. So uh, I think 30 might be a little bit high, but uh, it's definitely around there.
2: Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, and I think the other big thing is that um, these injuries aren't really, they don't, seem like they're going to be super long term anyways i don't think they've said for sure that uh these guys are coming back quickly but um it doesn't seem like there's going to be a ton of time for Shavis or anybody else to really show up um but we should get to we should get to the other injury which is to christian arroyo um another second baseman who has hit leadoff from time to time this year uh, Arroyo was one of the big surprises early on in the year. Um, most of the surprises were on the pitching staff, but he was one of the surprises on offense. He um, hitting the crap out of the ball early. He's kind of come back to earth a little bit for the last couple weeks, but he's still been an average hitter, which is, I think, better than most people were expecting from him and um, certainly, certainly useful in this lineup. Uh, but he is out for a little bit right now. He got hit in the hand. He's got a hand contusion. Um, but anytime anytime someone like him who kind of gets off the surprising start or is on a hot streak gets taken out by an injury, I get worried that the time off is going to only serve to bring them back down to earth. Um, is that something you're concerned about with
3: Arroyo? I mean, yes, insofar as I didn't. Expect him to keep it up anyway, but this certainly won't help. Um, and it's not, I mean, actually, he's not hitting so well that he couldn't keep it up. I mean, he's just fine, you know, he's been in totality has been fine. Uh, but yeah, this could, <laughs> I mean, it's not going to help. Uh, so it just, uh, you know, it does give a little bit more of a blow to the second base depth. But that's like they, you know, they have by design just a whole bunch of people who can play second base. Maybe this is how they collected the money to get the leadoff deal with the devil. <laughs> Cause there's so many guys who qualify. There's a bit, everybody pitch in. So now our comes up and he's like, ah, I'm the only guy who hasn't done it yet. <laughs> Now, that I don't think will happen. That
2: I think I will. I'll, I'll lose my mind a little bit if that happens. I don't think that's going to happen either. That any would be trolling. That would be trolling. <laughs> Actually, in that case, I guess I could. Um, it would have been easy if he did it against the Orioles because they have kind of a tough schedule coming up. So I don't know if he's going to be. I don't know if Alex Cora wants to troll against some of these teams that they're playing, but um, that would be trolling. Um, no, I mean, I think as far as Arroyo, I think I'm pretty much on the same same wavelength as you i was never an arroyo believer coming into the year i was definitely impressed with the way he looked uh early on but i mean looking at his numbers nothing really seems particularly great about his numbers he is barely drawing any blocks his strikeout rate is fine for this era it's a tiny bit worse than average which is fine Uh, But he's not hitting for any power, and pretty much all of his production is a 373 BABIP, which just obviously isn't going to stay. So, um, I don't know. I never really... Coming into the year, I never thought that Arroyo was going to stick around all year. I think he probably can stick around all year now. I think he's maybe that good, but I do... Hitters like him, I think, are the kind that... um, if they get hot, they can stay hot for a little while, but then this injury kind of takes that away. So um, I don't, I won't have too many expectations for Arroyo when he comes back, but I also don't, I don't think that this team lives and dies by the performance of Christian Arroyo. And
3: um, neither. I don't think so either. And I think that, I mean, I think you're sort of right. And if you think about the fact of why he was on the team in the first place, he hasn't done anything to to and no one else has done anything to force the issue on that. I mean his role as the you know back backup to I mean it's it's weird to call him a backup when everyone is uh, shuffling around so much, but to the Marwin um, Kike uh, tandem over there. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically... It's more it of a rotation, you know, Yeah, than a, he than had the else. least
2: amount of playing time, I think, in that rotation. But yeah, I mean, I think that's right. Um, and I mean, like you mentioned, they have so many second-base options. I mean, they have um, Gonzalez, they have Kike when he's healthy, they have Arroyo when he's healthy. Right now they have Sheamus and Arauz, they have um, your boy, Jeter Downs, and the minors, who should be ready. Um, hopefully around midseason. Um, I mean, they have all these guys. They have Danny Santana, who's probably going to be up at some point. So um, I think even without Arroyo, I'm pretty much just confident with their second base situation. I'm confident in so far as I don't think I think that they can get Arroyo level production when Arroyo's not on the roster.
3: I think that you need to commend my restraint on the Jeter Downs f- front because. When I read the agenda, I was like, oh, I'm going to get so downy." And I'm like, no, it's too early. And I didn't do it, but now I am. What, that
2: Jeter Downs should be up now?
3: I didn't say that. I didn't say anything like that. All right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little too early for uh, Jeter Downs, um, especially because he hasn't... They played for a week, but he hasn't really been that great for that week.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply uh
2: so yeah i think it's too early for cheater downs um the last thing about this arroyo thing is jonathan Arauz is the guy who came up i mean we talked about him a little bit i guess you you think he's going to play a little more than me i feel like he's probably just going to be a late inning replacement for the most part um that sort of hinges on at least one of Hernandez or Arroyo being able to come back in like 10 days. Um, So our would only be up for like a week. Um, But I definitely don't think he's going to play as much as Shavis. That would, that would really surprise me. I don't think they want our up much at all this year. If they can help it, obviously right now they can't help it.
3: But I think I uh, both agree with you and think that that, was and still is true of Shavis in theory but I okay yes he's higher on the he's higher on the totem pole but I also uh, know that it wouldn't surprise me if he got a few more starts than you suspected
2: well that would surprise me because I've never been wrong
3: um
2: but yeah so those are Those are the two injuries that the Red Sox are dealing with right now and sort of the state of the lineup. I did want to talk about a few things on the pitching side. Um, I mean, the Red Sox pitching has been just so much better than I expected. Um, Definitely healthier, but also just the performance. And I think Nick Pavetta is the guy at the top of the list. I mean, Nick Pavetta has made seven starts. He isn't going particularly deep. He's averaging about five and a third-ish per start. But that's fine if he's pitching like he is and he's got a 319 ERA. Um, but there are some underlying issues with that number. Um, I'm not sure the competition he's played has been phenomenal. Um, but also, I mean, that feels like picking nits. the guy who has a good ERA and he came in with terrible expectations. So if you... I mean, has your opinion changed at all significantly uh, since the start of the year with him?
3: Well, those are two totally different. Well,
2: things. that's what I mean. The one of those choices. I'm assuming it's changed a little bit at least.
3: Um, Maybe sure, not. sure. Uh, he's better. He's been better, gotten better results in this stretch than I would have suspected he would for any stretch um, in this season, and I'll be fair, during whatever constitutes his Red Sox career. However, as you said, there are some underlying issues with the numbers. The BABIP is very low. He is, to his credit, he is at hilariously low home run to fly ball ratio. Um, And I'm just reading off the stat page now, but they are concerning stats. And his ground ball rate is 40%, which except for last year where it cratered is around his career average. It's a little bit lower. Um, So the fact that his home run to fly ball ratio was 10 to 13 points higher the rest of the time his ground ball rate was around 40 and it's at 5.9 now is a little concerning as are the 5.4 walks per nine so i don't suspect that this magical run of results is going to continue much longer however not gonna question it while it's happening. I mean, I just did, but outside outside of being asked to question it, I'm not gonna question it.
2: I think I'm a little more confident than you. Um, and not that he's gonna keep pitching this well, um, because that's he'll he finishes the year with a three one nine. He'll get like a couple down ballot Cy votes, and I don't think that's gonna happen. Um, But I mean, I think he can be a little better than average. Um, The walks are definitely concerning. The home run rate is definitely lower than it will be. But home runs were really the big issue for him for his entire career. Um, And I think watching him, I can see how it's happening. Like, it isn't, I'm not seeing a guy who's just leaving a bunch of pitches in the middle of the plate that aren't getting hit. I think his stuff looks really good. I think he's working the edges of the zone better than he ever has. Um, he's not giving up hard contact, at least by bad at ball metrics. Um, on fan graphs, he's only allowing hard hits 28% of the time, which is significantly lower than most of his career. His career average is 35%. Um, so they're not really squaring him up, and I think the big change for him is that He's And this started last year after he got traded to the Red Sox. He's throwing a ton of sliders, which is not something he's done a lot in the past with the Phillies. That was sort of his clear third pitch. Right now it's his clear second pitch, and it's been nasty. I mean, it's been probably his best pitch. Um, by fangrass met- metrics, it's significantly his best pitch. So, I mean, I think there is there's at least a tangible change that you can look at and point to um granted like i said and like you pointed out some of these numbers
3: are just unsustainable he's not going to give up a
2: six percent home run to fly ball ratio do you know this era.
3: do you know what jacob de is it's 6.5 <laughs>
2: yeah yeah well, <laughs> well Favetta said he's as good as jacob de grom so that is a direct quote from nick pavetta uh, i mean
3: this the, sli- the slider limits. point is good but at the same time this is what micro, um, like uh, micro b- uh, bumps, are made of. Is when you introduce something new into the equation. Yeah, absolutely. They, it will things will adjust if the pitch is as good as it it, it like as it's been. Uh, the numbers will not rise as much as perhaps I'm implying they will, and that would be awesome but I think they're going to rise. Well, I
2: guess I'll I'll frame it in this way and see if you agree with me. So before the season, and I think we talked about this, and I think we're on the same page, I definitely expected him to be a reliever. Um, honestly, by this point in the year, this is around the time when I said I expected Pavetta to be so bad that they were going to put him in the bullpen and put Tanner Hulk in the rotation. Um, I've been very wrong about that. I don't think he's... I think he can stick as a starter, now. I Again, I don't think the numbers he's putting up right now are indicative of who he is, even with any of these changes. Um, but right now, by ERA minus, he's got a 74 ERA minus, which means he's been 26% better than league average. There's a long way for him to fall and still be a little bit better than average, which is kind of... Which is where I guess I think he's going to be. I I don't know what that is in today's um, offensive environment in terms of just a pure ERA total. I would guess maybe something like a four ERA. Um, And I can totally see that going forward. I think that's a fair expectation
3: for him. I think going forward, I could see him ending up at a four ERA. Uh, I would be surprised if he had a four ERA going forward. But to your point of... um, not look not all the regression is going to be negative he probably won't keep walking two more batters yeah,
2: that's the other thing
3: per nine than he ever has um so i regardless of whether we i or we i mean yeah i think he's earned the chance um just sort of in uh, baseball like not monetary but like currency He's earned the chance to be just to stick as a starter already. Um, He would have to be just absolutely brutalized for a month, I think, or three weeks, which happens, but I don't want it to. Um, And I think unless that happens, you're right that he's he's rotation guy and not only that he's probably a rotation guy for a few more years honestly
2: yeah that's the thing with him is that he i mean they have a fair through 2024 um is when he's eligible to be a free agent so i mean that's
3: a long time and i'm certainly
2: not going to try to project nick pavetta into the 2024 season i will
3: well yeah and let me just clarify what i said when i said he's a starter for years what i mean is that he has i think earned the right um to get a chance to be a starter yeah
2: he'll Uh, dictate whether or not he's a starter it won't be based on prospects or anything yeah no i get what you're saying um yeah so i mean i think i think he's interesting and i think he's probably i probably want to dig in a little bit deeper to what he's doing because part of me i wonder if and this is I have no idea if this is actually true. I haven't looked into this at all, but I wonder if this higher walk rate is sort of part of why he's not giving up the home runs is that he's been less afraid to work on the edges and that leads to weak contact, but obviously it leads to some more pitches out of the zone um so I don't know if he's actually doing that what's going on with the walk rate, but um
3: yeah, he's but, been he's but been a walk one rate of big surprises. A walk rate that high will come back to bite oh, you. Oh, absolutely! It
2: cannot stay this high. I mean, it's at five point four per nine right now. That just it can't, it can't stay that high. That's, that's for sure. Um, so on the other end of the pitching spectrum, not in the rotation but in the bullpen, a uh, guy who has been getting a lot of criticism lately, including from me, uh, that would be Austin Bryce. He has just been horrendous in the red sox bullpen this year um he's got an 838 era in 10 appearances um he's walked he struck out seven guys walked six and nine and two thirds he's hit four more um pretty outrageous he's hit four guys in nine and two thirds innings um he's been the mop-up guy and he hasn't even been able to handle that role um really his only job is to make sure that the better relievers don't have to get up and warm up in a blowout and he has not done it um, I think it's time for Austin Bryce to uh, get taken off the roster.
3: Yeah, I mean he doesn't; he's not good at baseball, which uh, at the moment for the Red Sox, which is a problem for the baseball team. So I agree with you.
2: Yeah, I mean it just seems like you can put somebody else in that role. You can put Sal Moore in that role. You could put Phillips Soteras in that role. I mean, you hate they apparently don't like using Phillips about at all. So at least he's in the blowouts. Um, they got guys in call up, they get Edward Bizarro probably makes the most sense. They can um, bring up another position player or wait until one of the position players gets healthy to bring up. Um, and I think the big thing is they're going to have to open up a 40 man spot anyways, when Danny Santana is ready to come up. So it just makes all the sense in the world. Um, I don't, Love calling for people's jobs. Um, especially somebody like Bryce who I've never really heard anything bad about as like a person, but it's just this is the business. So um
3: I mean he, he knows probably won't get claimed anyways.
2: Yeah, I'm sure he does. He so. knows
3: how it's going. It's and he knows that I mean hopefully he knows that uh no actual Red Sox fan would want him to be uh bad I And mean, if he went down, um maybe he could uh work on some stuff.
2: But, yeah, he's he definitely wouldn't get claimed
3: on waivers, so
2: um, he'd probably have a chance to stick around in Worcester. Um, and speaking to Worcester, just the last thing on the pitching staff, which by the way was oh, you just do the goddamn woo thing. Um, couldn't have been that, me. That almost slipped by me. Uh, they played their first game in Worcester uh, this afternoon, actually yesterday afternoon. you listening to this um anyway speaking of worcester couple of injuries in the worcester rotation a couple of big injuries um not in terms of it being major but in terms of it having an effect on the red sox uh both tanner Hope and connor siebold are shut down right now um like i said it doesn't seem like either of them should miss a ton of time but always concerning both because these are the top two uh, rotation depth players, and also they are two top 10 prospects in the organization, so not not great. Um, but without them, all of a sudden the rotation depth, which was sort of a big talking point coming into the year, was how much better this rotation depth looked. Uh, all of a sudden it looks pretty rough. you get Matt Andrees, Ryan Weber, Daniel Gossett, Kyle Hart, and you could throw Garrett Whitlock in there maybe, um, but I still don't think they're going to start. Um, I think that is an explanation for why a lot of their starters have been pitching such short outings. Um, definitely don't want an injury to one of those guys right now. How, I mean, is this a concern for you? Is this something that you think they should be, I don't really know how they would solve it, but maybe looking for some creative solutions to add a little more rotation
3: up there? Oh, I know I know how they'd solve it because you told me. Just go get Max Scherzer. Just go get him.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know that the uh, nationals are selling off right now, but if that is an option, yes, go get, go get Max Scherzer right now.
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, it seems like any of the guys you mentioned, I mean, I don't think Gossett has started for the Sox, but I think all the, except for Whitlock, Whitlock is obviously not, but I think the other three guys have at some point. Um, so this would, I get the sense that, uh, in a pinch, it could be any of them, and then as far as a longer term solution, <sighs> I I just don't know what they'd do. um They'd probably just see if I mean maybe Whitlock. Maybe they get everybody a try, and Whitlock's the best, and maybe they just go to a bullpen type day with Whitlock start. I don't know. You know, I think uh, that
2: that probably makes most sense with Whitlock or injuries. Just have them go for like three or four innings, and then go from there. Yeah. Um, I mean if you're gonna run out of fourteen man pitching stuff, you might as well take advantage of it rather than letting Phillips Valdez go two weeks without throwing an inning.
3: You really uh, you really want another bench bat. It's, it's I hate it. I it, hate it
2: so much. It I, really does bother me. I know it's start it's starting to affect my work, how much it's creeping into everything I say about this team, but I really despise the three man bench.
3: I mean the real the real uh Canary and the coal mine is there is when they called up um was it Bizarro?
2: No, for the double header.
3: Yeah. It was I forgot deb- about the, it was a, it was yeah. a pitcher when It they, was Bizarro. Yeah. yeah, when they had the double header. Um and that showed where their priority is. And I think you're probably right that these the starters aren't going very long because they're just so valuable uh to the functioning of the team. And uh, they
2: don't have the replacements. I mean, I think if you have a healthy Houck and a healthy Seabold, you can feel, you obviously don't ever want your pitchers to get hurt. That goes without saying, but you could feel a little bit better about your backup plans in that case. Whereas when those guys are down, you don't really feel good about it. It's really, I mean, I think Ryan Weber is probably the guy who gets the first call as of right now. Ryan Weber, by the way, was our inaugural minor league pitcher of the week for this week so yeah it's got enough to a good start but yeah I I could go without seeing Ryan Weber start another game for this team
3: and the but then there's another layer to it which is again not their fault is Mata might have been in consideration And yeah, Mata was in that too yeah I should have right. mentioned him He's and, obviously up for the year right so that's if you look at it and say wow they have it's just Halk and Sebald it's like no it's not just Halk and Siebold. so uh yeah this ha- I mean it's not great and they still have the best record, so uh I'm just Well draw. I think
2: the draw. thing is they've had three injuries to their rotation. Um in a way it's a positive. I mean it's never a positive for anybody to get hurt, especially prospects, but in just in terms of like twenty twenty one, it's something of a positive that those three injuries just all happen to be outside of the top five yeah so i mean maybe they haven't necessarily been super healthy in the rotation it's just been down in the minors that part of the depth where they've been hurt so far Um, so far yes knock on all the wood you can find um yeah so last thing i wanted to talk about um we have to spend a ton of time on this but this has been something i've seen people talking about Uh, For a little while now, I think Geek and Keaton spent a lot of time on it um, earlier this week on their podcast. I've seen some of the beat writers write about it. I'm going to write about it, I think, for Wednesday morning. Uh, But it's just about Xander Bogarts and where he is among shortstops. Um, Bogarts has just been incredible again this year. Sort of getting... Noticed a little bit more, which is a weird thing to say for guys been around for so long and productive for so long, but it feels like he's sort of finally getting his due. And, um, do you know where you put
3: him among shortstops right now? I
2: I can give you a list if you if that helps.
3: Well, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the list of uh the, the Fangraphs WAR list, and just
2: for this year, for
3: just for this year, and uh. What you notice is that uh, there are no shortstops in the top four, and Xander Bogarts is five, so that's good, I think, and that's all of baseball, um. So that's a good thing, and you know what this sort of reminds me of, uh, though I think he's probably better ultimately than the uh, guy, going to mention is the Miguel Tejada MVP here. uh, which. Didn't come out of nowhere, but he was always one of the other short... He was the other shortstop um, from the three... I I only won MVP. Right. And so th- this sort of reminds me for that, but A, I think he's better. And B, he's on a team that gets way more attention. Uh, and, you know, we talked about who could win MVP... Unfortunately, Mike Trout is still alive, so he's at number. You don't have to go past number one to find him. Um, but the next two AL guys on the list are JD and Xander, and I think Xander would win the MVP probably ninety-five times out of a hundred over JD Martinez if they finished close in WAR, um, just because of defense and
2: Ooh, maybe. Uh, and, I actually don't think I agree. And that. he's
3: cooler. Um, he is cooler. I don't know. The MVPs, they don't often go to guys who just hit. Well, the,
2: my argument would be that if JD Martinez had the same war as Bogarts, um, and assuming they were both near the top of the leaderboard, um, which they would have to be to be in this conversation, that means Martinez went ballistic at the plate. For a DH to have a, War as high as a good shortstop um, means he would have to be doing what he's doing right now, which is like a WRC plus over two hundred. And I think at that point, um, you kind of throw away the defense and you say this guy's offense is just that good. But I mean, I I see where you're coming from, and I don't.
3: I mean, Zant. It's not JD ridiculous. is three thirty eight four twenty seven six forty six, which is in- obviously it's incredible. Xander's three forty eight three ninety nine five ninety one. Okay, and JD is ahead, a tick by a tick in war.
2: Well, I think if they over a larger sample, if the uh, if the WRC pluses like the overall offense was this close, but over a larger sample, I think Bogarts would have a pretty significantly higher war just because that defense
3: starts to add in a little bit as more games get added in there. Though they had though uh. he gets he gets negative one for defense on this.
2: Well, that's the thing, and that's to bring it back to the shortstop. Conversation. I mean, that's sort of why I've never considered that Bogarts is the best shortstop in baseball until recently because his defense, while I think some people underrated, I know defensive runs saved says he's like the worst defensive player in baseball. I just don't, that does not jive with what I see when I watch him play. I think he is definitely a little below average. I think, um, I mean, I think that has to be admitted, but his offense is so much better than these other guys that I think there is a conversation. So here's the group non-Bogart shortstops.
3: That Hold on, I want to stop you before you do this and okay. say that you have to realize that it his defense doesn't matter. Just the fact it exists at shortstop. Or well, I'm talking they're... about in the okay. conversation of best shortstops, the defense
2: has to matter. Okay, a little sure. bit. How much
3: it I was talking about MVPs, MVPs, though. I was talking about MVP. I know. Well, my original question was about the best short stuff. Like, okay, right. But do you remember, uh, <clears throat> what's his name? Derek Jeter? It. I feel like, now yes, he he didn't win an MVP, right? I don't think he did. I don't know. He, I, he might have, but it was also a different era. Yes, but people like guys who do everything. And part of that his volume and he played Jeter was also never the best shortstop in baseball Jeter, yeah but that's just adds to my point nobody cared about the defense nobody cared he if you're cool and you're good at offense and you play a position that gets the ball a lot you don't fall on your fucking dick sorry sorry <laughs> uh you're gonna get credit for it uh i i think but you're right if okay. jd martinez hits 55 home runs He probably will beat Xander no matter what Xander does. But I just... I mean, he could obviously do it very easily. So I don't know what the point of that is.
2: Well, To your point about being cool and back to the best shortstop, Mm -hmm.
3: um,
2: I think Fernando Tatis is obviously at the top of the coolest. Um, I think I struggle with this... Because he hasn't played a ton, but I think I think Tatis is the best shortstop in baseball right now.
3: Sure, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, he's definitely the coolest.
2: The only <laughs> argument against him is the tr- lack of track record, just in terms of games played. But yeah, he's obviously got the cool factor, and he's insanely good at baseball. Um, You're right. I mean, he's
3: if he's probably he hasn't been the best so far this year, um, and in terms of I know I sort of hijacked it with the MVP talk. But we had talked about this a lot, uh sort of the relative values of it. But yeah, I mean Tatis is he's incredible. So the the rest of the group, and I mean I think Bo, I think
2: you can make an argument from Bogarts over Tatis too, for whatever it's worth, but I don't know that I'd make it. Um but I mean I think Trey Turner, Corey Seeger, Francisco Lindor, Trevor Story, Mary Trevor Story I'm a little I guess I'm a little bit lower on Trevor Story than other people. I think he's awesome. I think he's sort of in the tier with Javi Baez and Carlos Correa, which is sort of that second tier. There's a lot of good short But I really think it's Tatis, Turner, Seeger, Lindor. I think Bogart's is somewhere in there. I'm not really sure where I'd put him. Um, I think if I had to pick, I might put him third after Trey Turner.
3: Trey Turner's I mean,
2: incredible man. Trey Turner is really good. I mean is really good. Lindor, even though he hasn't played well this year, I still think is awesome. Um so I think that's a clear top five. I don't I like I said, I think I would if I had to choose right now I would say three. Um, but I haven't actually written out written this all out, so by the time I publish something tomorrow morning I might actually have a different number. But I think right now I would take Turner ahead of him.
3: By the way, that's it. story's problem uh is that he doesn't play for a major league team. It's like the <laughs> Nolan Arenado thing where he just sort of shows up and on the card and he's like, "This guy's amazing, and you've seen him play, but it like it wasn't real. it didn't doesn't matter. Um, so let's get story somewhere where it matters and see how it goes from there.
2: uh well, maybe I'm afraid that would be the Yankees. And I don't really want that to happen.
3: Yeah, I mean um, that would be bad, and seems yeah. it's so. Like, it's it, You could see it happening, just like yeah,
2: monkey monkeys. Bah. Um All right, let's do let's do some listener questions, and then, uh, then we'll get out of here. And we have one to start about uh, Xander. Uh, Gordon Constock asked, "What would it take for Xander to rip up his contract and stay?" Uh, does three hundred million over 10 years do it um i would think so
3: i mean if they get a 10 year contract if they get it if he gets a 10 year contract from this gm group he is going to have consulted the devil list himself i don't
2: think i mean he's not getting a 10-year deal just because of his age and he's not going to stay at short stuff but i think he's going to get a big deal i don't think they're going to not i think this is not to go down the mookie Betts road um we're, we're already we're, down we're the road. down the mookie Betts road um i think this is a different situation and while i will go to my grave uh saying that the idea that Betts didn't want to stay in boston was way overblown and just patently false and um i do think that he had more of an eye on getting the most money whereas i think bogarts is more inclined to stay in boston obviously he's not going to take an insult of an offer but i do think it is a little bit of a different situation uh with bogarts and bogarts just isn't as good i mean bogarts is awesome but he's not as good nice as what he does.
3: well uh hopefully they don't present him with an insulting offer to just start. Well, that's, off on the Well, that's side. part of the
2: problem too. I mean, it's, and that's, that wasn't just Mookie. That was also the John Lester. I hope,
3: right. hopefully they've learned to come out of the gate with at least something of a competitive offer. But I will say this um, as my feelings on the Mookie trade in a vacuum are known. I definitely think, I mean, I think it went way over, way worse than they expected. And that is the John Henry thing, as we know. However, I think potentially part of their thinking when they were doing it was. We can't give three guys these long-term contracts and. That we're going to go with the other two. So I think the thinking behind it the whole time has been the priority is Xander endeavors. So. I wouldn't support it would independent of how the Mookie thing went over. It would have surprised me. It would surprise me if they don't aggressively try to retain Bogarts. And especially after it went over the way it did in the sense that it still hasn't gone over. um, I fully expect Xander to be around. And Xander's just like, he's just, He's the greatest. I mean, he's, yeah, he's all I hear from people who are around him are like, he is the best. Dude. Everybody loves Xander Bogarts. Yeah.
2: Um, I don't think there's any way. And I guess the answer to answer the original question, what would it take? I don't really have an exact number, but I, I think 310, um, 300 over 10 is high. It's not going to get that high. I would guess if they do it like right now, so starting next year would, would be his age twenty nine season. I could see like a seven year deal or something like that. Um around the around like the thirty million mark, maybe a little bit less, but um I think that's probably the range we're looking at, not quite um not quite like Manny Machado ish levels. I uh, just not one, that he doesn't deserve it, I just don't think it's gonna go
3: that way. So now note, shout out to my fellow island person, uh, a Ruben native we got to stick together. Send me some checks.
2: Yeah, okay. Um, oh, this is an interesting one that I didn't really have a great answer to. Um, Boston commenter at, says, uh, name and discuss a potential trade between the Yankees and Red Sox that would immediately prove to have a positive impact on both big league clubs. Um, obviously, this would never happen. Any sort of significant deal between these teams would never happen. Um,
3: Which makes it a great question.
2: It is a great question, because it's not something we ever think about. I think from the Yankee side, it's pretty easy. Um, Starting from there, it's Christian Vazquez going to the Yankees, I think, would help them the most. um, In terms of what the Red Sox have to offer. I'm not as sure about the Yankees. Not that they don't have a lot of options, I just don't know what the return would be. I mean, I think LeMahieu makes a lot of sense to the Red Sox, obviously. I think Luke Voigt would make a lot of sense to the Red Sox. Um, if you want to go younger, Clint Frazier's never really done a ton for me, but I know people love Clint Frazier. I don't really know what the return would be, but it feels like it has to start with Vasco's going to the Yankees.
3: That's true. Which is a cursed thought, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 awful. I mean, really... Really, as much as I love you, gotta trade the Yankees Jeter down. Come on, can't <laughs> Well, that wouldn't help the Yankees right now. No. The question was helping I, the Yankees. It would. They could sell. Think about how much money they could make selling his minor <laughs> league jersey. You know. Um, but uh, yeah, I I definitely see that they should trade us Garrett Cole for Jeter, Jeter down and Christian Vasquez. <laughs> Garrett Cole for Jeter Downs and Christian Vasquez. Do you think you would have the Red Sox do that? Wouldn't you?
2: I would. Yeah, of course I would. Okay. I wouldn't. I would hate it because I love Christian Vasquez. He's like one of Red my Sox would have to throw in, in a
3: starter player. too. I bet. I mean, it would just in the purely hypothetical world. Um,
2: oh, they'd have to throw in more than a starter.
3: Several. Yeah
1: yeah I mean, okay it's, it's not i don't even know what i know i right know right, it's but,
3: it's yeah. not it's they should just give us garrett cole for for nothing
2: exactly for our awesome brace um all right last question is about awesome price actually actually we actually talked about it why is awesome price still on the roster um
3: because the red sox I don't want to you, change anything. I think you're right about Danny Santana. I think they're just treading water. Yeah, uh, they probably are just waiting for
2: that. I mean, I would argue that they don't have to wait and they could just call it Bizarro for the next week or so, but doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, the Red Sox have the best record in baseball. They're 22-14 and 14 before Tuesday's game against the Athletics. And uh, I think that's a good place to end it so uh thank you for listening to this week's show uh if you enjoyed it please uh subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts leave us a rating and a review those things are helpful i'm not really sure why but they are um please recommend us to your friends uh you can follow us on twitter i run the over the monster account at over the monster brian is at brian joiner brian with a y joiner with an i and you can find all of our writing at OverTheMonster.com. And you can also find uh, some shirts that we've been selling, including one that came out today uh, that says Devers Dingers." It's one of my favorite shirts we've come out with in a little while. Um, so help us out there. And we will be back with you next week.